Now we're now we're live. Now we're live. Yeah. I like the intro music. It's just gonna be cut in the middle. That's cool. Welcome to the Capo Podcast. We're uh, coming at you from the Fortress of Dreams uh, hideout that Ivan bought, and uh, it's an undisclosed location. And this is a live show for us, but you're listening to it in the future. There. The music's over. All right. I've got Ivan with me again this week. And hello. Something that I've joked about since I started this podcast, my brother is joining us this week. And if anybody who knows me and Ben both, the reason why that's kind of funny is I don't know which of us is going to talk more on the podcast or if we'll be able to not talk over each other. My job this podcast is going to be the ref of this and give you both equal time. I'm just here to listen. I'm staying out of this one. I will be a producer on this podcast and just chime in every now and then, but I'm going to let you guys take the reins on this one. I thought you were had all the topics. I'm going to let you run like a wild palomino, okay? A wild palomino. Oh, up there in Montana, just fucking running wild free. That'd be nice. Hey, That's the first F watch bomb. Your, watch your language. No, you're the one who said up the butt on the last one. Yeah, but that was at the end. That was at the very end. Oh, and nobody listens all the way there? No, not okay. usually. Sorry, I apologize for that first F bomb. Okay, we're going to try to keep it PG-13, so that's... I mean, we're done with the F word now, because you can only have one of those. Okay. In a PG-13 show. Ben, welcome. How's it feel? This is going to be your first uh, podcast. You're popping your cherry. <laughs> <laughs> so much for PG-13. <laughs> Sorry. Golly. You know, the worst part is, like, the last few people that have been new listeners to my podcast have been Lutheran Preachers. pastors. Yeah. Because of my podcast well, well, over Put the... explicit on this one. That way, enter at your they're, own risk, they're okay? Gonna, it doesn't matter. That doesn't so, stop anybody. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, that what you advertised, and they entered at their own risk. Well, yeah, I just want anybody you don't listening want your to preacher know that all of us have good hearts, and, and we're decent Christian men. Jesus, Ivan just has a problem with cussing. Jesus came to save the wicked, okay? We're not all, we're not all Lutheran saints. preachers. No, that's true. That's true. Very true. Um, so the topic this week, which everybody's been asking me about, and Ben keeps kind of saying is going to be a bust. A bust. I don't think so. Uh, this is kind of his fault because I said that the next episode we would talk about The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck, which is a novel that a lot of people really, really like. And first off, do either of you remember that in never high school? Read it. No, never read it. You don't remember going over it in high school at all? No. Which one's the one with, the, with all the birds whenever the birds attack? Ah, shit, I don't know. That's the crow? a movie. That's a movie. What's the By movie? Alfred Hitchcock called The Birds. No, I don't think this it was is that a one. book uh, with pages. Are you talking about what? what's the creepy goth? Uh, I think you're... Thinking about the one that I'm thinking about, but yeah. I can't. I can't think of the I think, name. I think it's Crow. that's called the Crow. We did not watch that in school. No, it. It's but keep, who, keep going who's the, the Mockingbird or something? To kill a Mockingbird. To kill a Mockingbird. That's, 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 that's not a bunch of birds attacking. That's not about a bunch of birds attacking. Does it have a bird on the cover? Uh, yeah, yeah. His, his reading it's, comprehension. Is you know what? Let's let Ivan low. believe that To Kill a Mockingbird <laughs> is actually the plot of the Birds by Alfred Hitchcock because. That, that'll just be fun. 
Let's be serious. Him and Chase weren't doing shit at the back of that classroom. Nope. A lot of naps. A lot of naps being had in high school. All right. So just to, we're going to start with the Grapes of Wrath because I already made a promise to all six people on Twitter who voted on the poll that we were going to do the Grapes of Wrath and we're going to explain it. And I'm going to start with a quote from the Grapes of Wrath because everybody knows, well, not everybody, you two obviously don't, but a lot of people know what the Grapes of Wrath is. It's a book and it's a book that people read in school. Oh, I know what it is. I just didn't read it. Okay, fair enough. But there's a quote in the book, and it says, In the souls of the people, the grapes of wrath are filling and growing heavy for the vintage. And that's where the title of the grapes of wrath comes from. And the reason it's titled the grapes of wrath is because the idea of the book is that there is this glorious communist revolution that's coming. That's what the the grapes that are growing heavy of wrath is an old, it's a reference to the Civil War era, really, but instead of, like, racism getting its comeuppance, it is John Steinbeck, who was a commie, believing that there was going to be this kind of leftist communist revolution in America, which is why I really, really don't like the Grapes of Wrath, because of all the really bad ideas that the Grapes of Wrath covers. Does that... Did, did you know that, Ben? No. Ivan, Ivan's leaving. I think he's going to check the camera or something. He, he got bored. He's already bored. That's See, that's what Ben <laughs> said would happen. People will get bored if we talk about the Grapes of Wrath. And he's, he's probably right. What is What are you doing with these towels? Okay. Oh, this well, is- anyways, I hate the Grapes of Wrath. And... Uh, any of my former students will probably be getting a chuckle because I taught the Grapes of Wrath like this, well, a PG version of this in school because everybody needs to know that the Grapes of Wrath is full of really, really bad ideas that are anti-American and anti-Christian. And that's why I don't like it. And that's why you shouldn't like it either. You know who did like it? Who liked it a lot? Vladimir Putin. Joseph Stalin. Big fan. Of the grapes same of wrath. Box. And keep in mind, this is, this is back in the uh, this is back in the thirties, right? And Joseph Stalin was such a big fan of the grapes of wrath that when the movie came out, it was one of the only American movies that Joseph Stalin allowed to be shown in the Soviet Union. Hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah. But the funniest part is. Joseph Stalin kind of understood and saw that Steinbeck was writing this kind of communist philosophy book. And so he's like, this is great. We will show all of our people how terrible it is in America. And so they showed the movie, and guess what happened? They embraced it. It wasn't terrible in America. Right. It backfired because everybody in the Soviet Union looked at the super poor, you know, the poor Oki family in the grapes of wrath that's making their journey across America and they're like wow these people aren't poor they have a car and they can travel freely in their country what do you mean these people are poor that single wide has some really nice walls yeah see so it backfired on Stalin was Mm -hmm. this idea that I'm going to show my people how bad it is in America and the Soviet people are like yo we're starving and eating turnips man and these people have a car and can drive all the way across the country why are they complaining 
Yeah. And that's basically the whole plot of the Grapes of Wrath is, this is another reason I don't like it, because I'm an oaky, and it's all about the Dust Bowl and the, the Depression and how terrible and awful it was in Oklahoma. And it, it, the main character is supposed to be kind of this oaky guy that is leading his family out of Oklahoma to California. You know, the quitters. Yeah. Power to him. Yeah, they want I'm to go glad they left. Like, move. I'm losing my, losing my headphones. So anyway, do you guys have any questions? Do you want to move on from this? Because like, I want to keep this idea because I have other stuff to talk about. Are we so being taught it, this or no, this is, is this like a discussion? It's but is this like the, the book? It, it's outlining the goods or the bads of uh, communist thinking, socialist thinking, or what's kind of like it's... Uh, I think it's the playing it off. The ideas are weaved into the story. It's not like Steinbeck wrote a book that was like, hey, this is why communism is really good and capitalism is bad. He didn't say that. But, but that is trying to make it look like But you get the ideas, like though, of what it Those is. Those are his ideas, and you can't separate your ideas from your writing. Because Steinbeck's a great writer. Like, he writes beautifully. He's, that's why he's considered a great writer. But all of his ideas are terrible. Right. And so yeah, the book I mean, itself just, is the book itself gives people terrible notions, I think, because it gives people very unchristian notions and the idea that it would be better if we had this, you know, glorious revolution where the workers seized the means of production and overthrew the evil capitalist landlords. That's what the book's about. Well, I think that that's what you need to address more is not so much that Steinbeck is a commie and he's evil and nobody likes him. It's more like, why is communism bad? I agree. We need to talk about the idea of why communism is bad. Okay. Where do you want to start? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a fun one. Um, but like freedom of... I, cause I think that, communism, this is, okay, so communism this, is a religion, in my opinion. Not really a political idea. It is not really a political policy. It's a religious idea. And it's a religious idea because the way Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto, and this is where the grapes of wrath comes in, the belief in communism is that someday in the future, all of the poor people will rise up and there will be this terrible judgment against all the evil capitalists and landlords and the people throughout history who have always been leeching off of the poor people. And after this terrible judgment day... Everything will be great and we'll live in this new utopia where there's no war and everybody's peaceful and the world is just this great place where everybody has as much as they want and we all share everything in common and there's no private property. What does that sound like? The autonomous zone in Washington. <laughs> well, that's what it looks like in practice, but the idea is like there will be this terrible judgment day and then we will have heaven. Mm-hmm. That's that's why communism is a religious idea, not really a... It's a political idea that replaces religion. Yeah, but it's just based like on an idea. It's never been proven. You know what I mean? Well, it has that, been proven, but in oh, it's very been proven bad to ways. be shit. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's a that's why I'm saying it's a I think it's a like anti-Christian, like an like a satanic idea because of the fruits that it is bore, right? Like, mm-hmm. the fruits of communism are hundreds of millions of dead people 
and starving people and tyranny everywhere it's touched. Well, it's Cuba. Whenever trucks and stuff, whenever stores, like let's say Walmart, puts out all their inventory, there's a line outside because they run out. And so many people are rationed so many things or whatever. Everybody, it's a race to see who gets a bag of rice and a bag of beans for the, for the week, you know, while supplies last. But this is why I like talking about... like Yeah, but who has all the beans that they want and all the rice that they want? The government. Right, the, the people in power. And that's, that's what communism, that's why they love it so much. And the people fall for it every time. Yeah, because the people who are in charge, who are leading the communist movements, they don't really believe that... They bank on people being stupid. Right. It, to them, it's a vehicle to gain power. And I think I've talked about this very a few times on my podcast. And how is it, like, what would you say, how do people in power, like, let's say in the U.S. right now, what is their means or how do you... How would they turn a capitalistic society, a free-thinking society, into somebody that would just go with the flow like that whatever they report to me i'm gonna believe it as truth well they do exactly what they're doing right now like there's a reason communism didn't catch on in america the same time it was catching on in bolshevik russia and eastern europe and china there's a reason why communism succeeded in all those places and it's because all those places had this super poor peasant class that actually were being you know taken advantage of by monarchs and elites and so the revolutions worked. That didn't work in America, though, because America's system, even though we were in the middle of a, you know, a Great Depression, people were still, the middle class was still there. So you had a whole bunch of people where the, the message of communism, like, oh, we got to overthrow and kill all these people in charge, didn't really play. Yeah. Do you think that carried over from like the mindset of America and the revolution and manifest destiny in the first place? Yeah, I think we were still close enough to all that that people just didn't get on board with Steinbeck. And then after people saw what communism did in China and the Soviet Union, for a generation, everybody was so horrified of communism that you didn't, like, we had, like, anti-communist sentiment forever and ever during the Cold War. Well, that's kind of gone away now. Not really. Now, now everybody's I'm, a little... I'm still anti-communist. Well, me too, but I'm saying... The majority of Americans are not anti-communist. The majority are more anti-capitalist now. Except for entrepreneurs. You always hear them talking about capitalism and it being so much better and communism being just complete shit. Yeah. Which is, I hope, a thousand million people scream it from the rooftops and convince a lot of these people not to go down that road. But all the, all the social movements you see, like BLM... Black Lives Matter is a Marxist movement. It's the leaders of it are Marxist, and the whole reason for the movement is to push Marxist agenda. And because wealth doesn't really work in America, race does. And so they're just saying it's still the, the struggle between the classes. It's just instead of haves versus have-nots, it's minorities versus white people. That's what they're peddling now. Yeah. And it's working. It that's what work. that's what Dilbert found out the other day. His name is not Dilbert, but that guy that that does the Dilbert cartoons. Everybody, I was listening to, uh, to some that if he would have just done it like the South Park creators do, 
and done it as the cartoon instead of him in real person, that he probably wouldn't got canceled. Probably not. I guess I missed this one. What happened? So it's the creator of that cartoon, the cartoon, right? Yeah, the the dude with it's the big the, nose. It's like and the an time. office. Yeah, yeah, it's an office newspaper cartoon. Well, the the guy that does that cartoon has said it's okay to be white. He was talking about a poll that Rasmussen did that basically polled a thousand people and asked them the question, "Do you agree with the the idea that it's okay to be white?" And almost half of the black respondents said no. And so he said, this is not sustainable. So the only, the only common sense thing for white people to do is literally get away from black people. And that blew up the internet. Okay. So the other day, I forgot who did it, but somebody did a poll on whether, and it was asking younger, the younger generation, I don't know, it was from 25 down, 18 down, whatever it was. But it came like over half of the people polled, and the question was, are you proud to be an American? And over half of it said no. Not surprised. That's, that's right, where that's, that comes from. Okay, but where is this being taught? Where are most of our generation, like though that generation of kids, where do they spend most of their time? Public, Public schools school and, college. and college. Okay, and who is in charge of pushing in uh, education? Democrats. Democrats. Yeah, I thought I forgot what it is. By a, by a heavy they percentage. broke down the other day on what percentage of like uh, math teachers in school, you know what public English school teachers are, are Democrats. Every single one of them was like seventy percent and up. You know what English teachers? Oh, that's are? all teachers. The percentage of English teachers in America that identify as Democrat. Ninety six percent. Ninety six percent. Yes, I was a member of the four percent for the five years I taught. Okay, that's still why I'm telling you, like. Every time that we come up and that we're going to talk about a problem or whatever, I want to talk about a solution. That's why we need to get into those school boards and be more involved in these public schools and start pushing something else because I don't care for whatever flaws that this country has, it's better than anyone else. I agree. It's better than anyone else, and it's going to be up to, I think, our generation of... It is, but you're going to have to... To make to that point. change for the next one. Yeah. We're getting to a point where you're, you're going to have to fix it before you can allow your children in there to but, be a part of it. I think what a lot of well, people yeah, who yeah. are, a lot for, of people who are take, waking up to that to, to it take right effect now. in 15, 20 years, work's got to be done now. Yeah. You're, right. you're not we are, going we are, to see the big, like, if, if you're looking at this as like a culture war or whatever, where we really need to turn this around... If we want to succeed, everybody on our side is going to have to come to terms with the fact that they are never going to see any sort of victory in our time. It's going to be after we're dead. And that's the problem that everybody has is like Americans don't think like that. Like we we don't think generational. Well, I think I think it's already changed. I think there's a group of kids already because there's I think they polled. Also for like kids in their 20s, like the younger, there's that gap in between. I think our age, probably from 25 to 40, are the, the gap that got screwed up. I think some of these younger kids, they're actually coming out and seeing. They've been around the social media stuff. I think there is. I have, I thought I have so. not seen I it, thought seen that, it. like, I was kind of op- open to that idea or maybe until I'm seeing- the last election. Because the last election, the percentage of Gen Z, the Zoomers who voted left was 
like astronomical, like 80%. But don't you think these last two years under Biden has kind of maybe opened up their eyes? I don't. Because right now you're hearing them say, look how much lower the gas prices are. After they hiked it like 400%, now it's down to like 300% of what it was. And they're going, yeah, see, Joe Biden is bringing that back down. And Biden's saying gas prices are lower now than they were under Trump. And people just believe it because they don't go back Biden and said, come on, man. No, they weren't. I'm right. Not and, a joke. and you know that. That's fake news. I buy, can, I buy diesel Google every that. single day of my life. Right. right. And that's the same way with me. I'm buying diesel. I'm looking at it going, I can't fill up my truck completely because it shuts me off at $100. And before, I was filling it up from empty for like 70 bucks. For 96. <laughs> like, it, like, it's completely nuts. Because I'm getting like three quarters of a tank for 100 bucks. And yeah, I used to, I used to be able to buy about 160 to 180 gallons of fuel for anywhere from 350 bucks to 360 something like that. Mm-hmm. And nope, that shit went up to, we were filling up whenever it was hitting $5, 5 and change yeah. we're filling up for over 630 our fuel expense well, doubled through all that i bought 200 gallons for just like my reserve tank and it was 978 i think yeah to get that filled up yeah it you just went up me <laughs> i'm just saying like we noticed this you just had to buy more fuel than me <laughs> i'm just preparing we noticed this because we're, we're dealing with it. The kids don't look back on that, and a lot of them are young enough. They weren't buying fuel yeah. when it was like that, so they believe every bullshit word that they say. That's why I think that, like, if you want to change anything, this is kind of my new... I have a new theory that if you talk about politics, everybody just shuts their ears off and doesn't want to talk about it. Political. Because they're not political. So I think to win, like, our side needs to start talking about ideas... Instead of which are politics, which are the same thing, but we need to frame it as phrase it differently. This is we need to talk about this idea because it all roots down to that. Like communism is all built on an idea. And I think all that starts at the kitchen table. I think families, uh, what is it? A head of households, the guy, the mom, everything. These conversations should be starting to be had with kids. Yeah, but how many kids don't have a head of household? Well, that's another problem that we were talking about earlier. Uh, government has made divorce more profitable for women than sticking it out in a relationship with a guy. Why? Why? One of the leading causes of divorce or whatever nowadays. That's even if they have one kids. of the biggest excuses that I always hear from people like leaving a relationship and women is I got bored. <laughs> he and didn't, it's especially he, he didn't if like they have to kids. go anywhere. He because didn't like to travel. If she has kids, she can leverage those kids to get more money in child support. So it's like the government's going to take money from him, pay me to sit on my ass. Yeah. And all that, like, take this back to the idea, like, why does, why do a lot of women have that mindset? Because the government does it for them. Right. But I'm talking deeper than that. Like, why that wasn't a problem, you know, 100 years ago, because way more people were coming from a religious foundation where they viewed that as morally incorrect. Well, and it was, and now it we was, don't. Now we live in this secular time and a secular nation with secular people who don't think it's morally wrong to do that. Right. Even though the, all of the statistics prove that it is. Like well, the we, kids that are, we've know, degraded the commitment. Like the commitment doesn't isn't important anymore because everybody does it. Um, 
it's the same way as like hookup culture. Like everybody's doing it, so everybody jumps on board and they don't feel bad about it because their friends are doing it. And you look at marriage the same way. How many more people are divorced now than you think were in the 30s, 40s, and 50s? Right. Like, grapes of wrath, this guy's hauling me across the United States, and it's a dust bowl, and we're poor as shit. I want to leave and find a sugar daddy that can pay better money for me. Like, why didn't that happen more often? Yeah, and then the grapes of wrath, one of the, like, this is why I think there's so many, like, bad examples. Like, the one of the characters in Grapes of Wrath is the sister of the main character who has this guy with her. She's pregnant. They're not married. Just this guy that's with her. And he runs off and leaves once things get really bad and leaves the lady there with the, with the kid. And then the kid dies, which is horrible. Like, The Grapes of Wrath is a very sad book. And all of the blame for all the bad things that happen in The Grapes of Wrath is blamed on capitalism. Capitalism. You guys hear that? Yeah, yeah it's like they're rattling outside. Okay. We have the door open to let the uh, let the cigar smoke out. Okay. Anyways, onward. Keep going. Um, is there any other like high points on it? Uh, it's beautifully written. Like he writes really well. Like it's very poetically written. Steinbeck writes really pretty. It's just that the pretty picture he paints is. Shit. Is it, Bullshit. He's painted it with shit. <laughs> yes. And then the the other problem I have it with it is like really, really bad religious ideas. And all three of us around the table are devoutly religious. And the book has some very heretical ideas that fly in the face of Christianity. Like one of the supporting characters is a former preacher who couldn't keep from banging his like the girls in the church. And that's not really painted as like he's a bad guy. Like oh, he's held up as like the poke at the Catholics there. No. He's held up as like the moral compass of the book. And he's like this this youth pastor who kept having affairs with all the women in the church. And then he he's lost his faith in God and he gives like these speeches about how like he says some just straight out blasphemous things like that there is no individual soul and the only soul is this this collective human soul and we're the same thing as God. Like humans are God, which is just the devil's argument from Genesis. You can be God if you want. And that's what that's causes what, the that's fall. That's what Satanism is. is right. Uh, a lot of people think, think about it as like, you're worshiping Satan and worshiping this lizard man, and it's it's no, it's selfish. It's you're worshiping yourself. Um, you're putting yourself first, right? Which is why my hot take is Marxism is just Satanism, because that's where the root of the idea is. You don't need God; you can be your own God, and that's what the all of Marxist philosophy is built on the idea that if we just have enough control we can change human nature and create a utopia on earth, which is a religious idea. Yeah. So, but really, you, our problem you, is the fall of religion in the West, I think. I think all of our problems root from the fact that we are not a religious culture anymore. That, well, yes, we are. And why we're is a, that? We're, we're, just a, we're not a Christian. We're not a Christian religious culture right. anymore. 
We and are a lot this of people, new secular leftist religion. So you always hear taking the separation of church and state and the freedom of religion and public schools, and you can't pray at schools and all that stuff. And it's become more of a, they forget the reason of the idea of separation of church and state is because they were being pushed into a specific religion. And they're like, well, we're Protestants. We don't want to be... Um, attacked for being Protestant rather than being Church of England or Roman Catholic. Right. Like they they were they were trying to escape being strung up for being Protestant. Actually it was more like the, the Catholics were more set upon than Protestants in early America. But you're right. Like it's we don't want well, the state. Why why church. do you think so many Protestants were in America at that time? You had the Quakers and you had the Puritans. Right. And it's because they got ran out of England because they were actually the Puritans were actually a little bit like crazy and out there and there's like kind of some good reasons why england sent them packing because yeah were but a you see a nuts. lot more protestant churches in america growing up through the early parts of the country than you see in the uk like the uk right. was very centralized in one Just religion english church and it was which like, now thinks god is a gay zazim the the church god of is england, everyone the church god of england you. like voted to change the Bible to say like God is they them instead of he. An entire like the Henry the Eighth created the church because he couldn't get a divorce, and then here we are several hundred years later, and the end game is like now now God's a tranny. What it, a what it a follows fall. some of the same stuff though is like communism. You have an elite in power who changes the rules to help themselves. That's the same thing Henry VIII did. It was just a different kind of leadership. Yeah. But my other hot take is that like none of this is avoidable. It's going to happen no matter what, and you can't stop it because biblically, human civilizations, human cultures never last forever. That's the, that's the thesis of my, my book series. Well, my biggest deal is like communism, we're trying to develop this utopia. And for... To have a utopia, everyone has to contribute. But if there's no reward for contributing more or less, then inevitably everybody's going to start contributing as little as possible to get whatever they want or to get their part. And so eventually your infrastructure fails. Yeah. Because nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to build the railroads because that's, that's hard. Why not? There's no incentive. Yeah, but like... Human nature, human na- like we're predisposed. If we can get away with being lazy, most people are going to be lazy. That's just human nature, and the only way to like, you can only challenge that on an individual level. Like if you make a decision every single day to try to not be lazy, that's the only way you're going to improve. And if you completely disregard that idea and don't really think about your human nature, you're going to be like the worst parts of human nature. Well, I mean, you go back in the beginnings of our nation, and if I was a settler moving across, if I was a settler in South Texas, nobody was there to protect me from the Comanches and the warring Indian tribes and the raids and stuff. I had to do that myself. Yeah. And that's that's not that long ago. And it's the same thing with the Depression. Like, the government didn't come in and save anybody. Like, everybody had it shit bad. So they had to turn around and pull themselves out of that through their own work. So they had to develop ways 
to survive and protect their families. But everybody is taught in history class now, and even when we were in school, we were all taught that FDR saved America with all of his government programs, and that's what got us out of the Depression. That's oh. not true at all, but yeah, we were had, all taught that, and everybody So that taught. that's before us, because I had to explain to my father-in-law that FDR <laughs> wasn't great. Like, no, just... He, he capitalized on a good point in time where he was able to take credit for the victory of World War II, and he had all these programs that everybody thought did a lot. Yeah, he was so good that when we finally got rid of him, they passed an amendment that says, hey, nobody can ever be president this many times again. Yeah, but nobody remembers that because we're right. taught that he was great. Mm -hmm. The great new deal that he did. Now, he got to do more years in office because of the... There wasn't a rule against There wasn't a rule against how there many wasn't times term the limits or, on a president. But every FDR. other president before him had there was an understanding among presidents laid down by George Washington that mm -hmm. no president should serve more than two terms. And it was just an understood thing that everybody did all the way up until the progressives. And even then it was the four year terms? Well, it wasn't yeah. four-year terms, well, basically. They, they were just like in there, and they served their purpose, and then they got out and let somebody else step yeah. in. And in Washington's farewell address, he told everybody, like, you should not... A president shouldn't serve... That's not a career. Terms. Yeah, they wanted Washington to be president again, and he said no. And arguably, he might have been better off if he wouldn't have, would have been president, because there was a whole lot of... Headbutting well, going on between the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist in Washington. That's what he this, warned against of. Uh, warned against was political parties. He, yeah, he was like, "Don't a two party system Don't form into parties." You hear all these all these things that like him and Benjamin Franklin said, and you're looking back on it, going, "We should have listened to him earlier." Yeah, like because Washington uh, said, "Don't form political parties. You shouldn't serve more than two terms. We should stay out of foreign affairs as much as possible." And it was focus it was on keeping integrity in the position of president. Like your 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 view should be to protect the country. And it turned into, I'm trying to protect myself and set myself up. Um, and then Benjamin Franklin said, you have a republic if you can keep it. Like, that last part, he put that in there for a reason, and we haven't kept it very well. Well, we kept it for a long time. I don't know if we're going to keep it much longer. But, like I when, said before, I don't think turn, you can. When did that turn where the republic, where it was like, we have this constitutional republic where... My rights, my individual rights are protected by that document, and the government's supposed to safeguard those. And now it's like, well, the government's going to protect you from yourself. So we're going to trample all over that republic, and we're going to turn it into a straight democracy. Like, we had a social studies teacher teaching that the United States is a democracy, not a republic. Yeah. Well, arguably now, because of all the changes that have been made that shouldn't have been made to the Constitution and the way we run the country— Arguably, now we are more of a kind of democratic oligarchy, mob, mob rule, right? Than we than we are what it was supposed to be a like. We weren't even supposed to vote for senators. Senators were supposed to be appointed by the state legislatures, but they changed that because eh, we need to do a, a popular vote in the states for senators. Mm -hmm. And there's all these changes that have been made throughout the history of the U.S. have moved us further away from Benjamin Franklin saying, we've given you a republic form of government if you can keep it. And he said, if you can keep it, because all those guys understood that all of these republics from the past, all of the great empires from the past, 
ended up eventually like fizzling out or committing suicide because you can't have a democracy in a republic historically. You can't have that forever because of just the natural decay of cultures. That's what happened to the Greeks. That's what happened to the Well, I think the Romans. biggest problem, everybody, like, it sounds, democracy sounds like a great idea. Like, okay, we'll have a vote, and whoever wins the vote, everybody will follow that. And, I mean, if you lose, you know, at least it was a fair vote, and your your decision didn't get made. But what happens when, like you see in Bernie, Texas, where it was like, we're voting to turn all private land into public for camping and public for recreation. Yeah. So now it's people a, from the inner city can come and camp on your property that you paid for, that you have risked money on, and they don't have to spend a dime on it. Yeah. It's a it's an immature it sounds good to immature people. And we have become immature people. And that's why democracy sounds so good to kids. Like, if you bring democracy up to kids, kids shake their head and go, yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. That sounds morally correct. Yeah, but and you're, it's you're not taught in, that in school, too. It's not until you're, like, alone on the island and there's 10 of you and nine of them vote, you know what, we're going to eat Timmy because we're all hungry and it's going to be okay because we voted on it, so it's morally correct. Started in the Grapes of Wrath and now we're talking about the Going kids to Lord on the- of the Flies. <laughs> but, no, it, it really is, like, the, the issue lies in school. We were taught, okay, everybody's going to vote on prom decorations. Everybody's going to vote on this, vote on that. And you do majority rule. So you're all taught like democracy. Oh, we're hardwired for it. Like yeah. that's what they've been doing for so long in the public school systems. And it's like, okay, now we can kind of see where this is going south. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Madison, the founding father Madison says, you don't want a democracy because all democracies in history eventually commit suicide. And I think that we're definitely going to see that. I think he was right. Well, I mean, at what point do they make a rule? It's like, okay, yeah, all private land is now public for recreation and camping or whatever. Um, People come out to my private land and start killing my cows so that they can eat something and trash in my place. Those people are going to get burned out. Yeah, I'm with you. But here's the thing. Leftist ideology says, well, private property is inherently evil, is inherently theft, which is why I got so mad about that uh, essay in the large catechism that the Lutheran Church just did, because that's what the guy's thesis was, is, oh, if you are a privileged social class or a privileged economic class, you're basically stealing. It's theft. That's just Marxism. That's... So and and the right in line manifesto. with that, you have the World Economic Forum saying, "In a perfect world, Eat you will own the bugs. You will own nothing. You will rent, and you will be happy, or whatever." Live in Zipod, eat the bugs. It's like somebody's got to own it. Who's owning it? And it's it's the elites. Like they they don't say that part. Like we're gonna own we're it. We're gonna keep but, our private like, jet. We keep it, and we'll rent you some stuff, yeah. and we'll pay you a, a a wage for that. But it won't be rented because the government's gonna run it. So everybody, it'll just own. be free for everyone. Meanwhile, I'm gonna live in the castle, and I'm gonna have my little moat. Or I'm it, gonna. And you're not allowed. My my guards will have every firearm capable and all this weaponry and you can't you can't any of it no. talking about arms and stuff like that what uh what's your guys's understanding of the the whole uh, the stocks the, the the pistol brace yeah rule? the pistol braces uh um 
I like so I like are the ARs idea. illegal now or the, no, the brace so on them or is it with just short, a, a short, short barrel barreled AR so AR pistols so that would be anything lower than 16 inches mm-hmm. with a brace with a brace on now you have to make it to where it doesn't accept a brace or stock like that's what they're shooting for you have to either but, register it with the government or you have to destroy it or turn right. it in. so they're creating a registry and so five years down the line, 10 years down the line, however long it is for everybody to forget about the unconstitutionality of it, then they're going to turn around and say, ah, AR pistols are way too high capacity, so you're going to have to turn those in, and now we have a registry of who has those so we can go and better collect those from people. Like, that's the problem with the registry, and that's why the registry has always just been something that underlying everybody knows is a bad idea that's in the gun community, yeah, but, but people outside don't but people, understand, yeah, they don't understand like, why that's a bad. What is the bad idea of having a registry? Because if somebody commits a crime, I can look up what firearm was used and I can figure out who did it or whatever. And it's like you don't want the government to have that power because then you have something like Stalin. And so that's kind of where I was going with it. with everything in all of our sectors of life. We can all agree that given too much power to a concentrated body of government or body of power is bad, right? Correct. Whether it comes down to firearms, whether it comes down to religious views, economic stuff, economic stuff that's, uh, that's education. The, so that's why the Constitution specifically has the federal government regulated, and any powers that weren't granted to the federal government are limited to the states or the individual. And we have forgotten that amendment, and now we're just shoveling powers to the federal government that they aren't supposed to have anyway. Right. And once we get to the point where... Nobody, like, the Constitution only works if everybody agrees and says, okay, these are the rules we're going to play by. And we're to a point now where... It's just a paper. So many people don't agree with it that it's just a piece of paper. And the right, people on the right need to understand that the Constitution is only a piece of paper. These older kind of Gen X and boomers that are like, well, they can't do that. The Second Amendment. The Second Amendment. I mean, yeah, anything on that paper piece of paper isn't worth anything if it's not being upheld well, by the people. Well, right. and it's and already, that's why people who are like, oh, I'm just going to tell them I lost all my guns. And right. I, I'm just going to say I lost them all. Like, you don't understand. Like, the Second Amendment doesn't mean dick to these people. If you go and hide, all you pretty right. much do is turn into the cartels in Mexico. You just, you become a criminal. Well, and self-inflicted, right. you know? As, right. And that's what we'll end that. up. Like, it's so, not like the guns are going to go away. We're just going to turn into more of a, like... The only people that have them will be the cartel types, or, right? And and by that way, it'll turn into like Mexico. Yeah, and Billy Bob who buries his guns in the backyard, like it's not going to matter in a generation because his kids are going to be so caught up in all this other stuff. Right. The, the kids it's aren't. Good, it's going to matter. It's going to matter. That's why I was telling you. Part of the reason of this starting to talk about this and start putting there's platforms now. All these ideas that we're talking about right here, they've got to get out there. Yeah, we got to start pushing them in. We got to start having some influence. If we can influence 20 people, we're doing some good work. So you're, go even, and you're even seeing that on Twitter. Uh, there's like a lot of Twitter personalities that are out there that are calling people out for the po- boating accident bullshit. And like, no, you didn't lose your guns in a boating accident. Have some balls and say, no, you're not taking them from me because if all of us stand together and do that, there's nothing they can do. That's the only thing limiting the government right now is firearm ownership. Like, they like to say you don't have F-15s, you don't have all this other stuff. 
And you're going to need that if you're going to go up against the government. But look at how that worked in Afghanistan. Like a bunch of guys in sandals with AKs were yeah, pretty well kicking the shit. Well, the, the thing about it is, education. like, whenever it comes to this gun things and who should have them, who shouldn't have them, uh, whether there's a registry, whether there's not a registry, just look at what recently happened in Mexico. They captured one of El Chapo's sons. All hell broke loose. A whole full-blown war, right. basically. The cartels were shooting 50 cows at civilian airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. And all the military planes. That, that's how bad it got that they had to plan his capture, get him, haul him to an airport, and fly him out of there. The first time that they tried it, they couldn't get him. They had to give him back because they didn't have an escape route. They just... Well, they they arrested him yeah. and they didn't have an escape route and all the tur- the the city turned into chaos to where they couldn't get they, him yeah. out of the and city. The funny thing is everybody on the left is saying, "Well, Mexico's in such a bad place because of all these American guns. Like all oh, the yeah, guns are coming from America." Right. It's like, yeah, if the, the US want to so much and drugs, the fully automatics right. are coming from America. Yeah, they're coming from overseas. Like the cartels getting its guns on the black market. They're nations. not getting them from Bubba's gun shop in South Texas. No. They they probably got some from that guy that we turned loose for the tranny basketball player, though. Yeah, Lord of War. Oh, you, you oh, didn't yeah. hear about that? Yeah, oh, we talked yeah, about Yeah, I heard about it. On a previous I was going to make a joke about it, but it, there's a she cut her hair, and now she looks like Ben Simmons, which I know you have no idea who <laughs> Ben Simmons is. But I can He's a basketball player, but she's got a short haircut now, and everybody's making fun of, like... Hey, it's nice to see Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, but it's Kevin Durant <laughs> playing basketball with Brittany Griner. Right. But, I mean, in all fairness, that I don't think we can call her she. Like, Was that offensive on my part? Well, it's not offensive to me. I, I just don't believe it. Was I wrong? I mean, you I, said she. Well, she, she does play in the identifies. She it. does play in the WNBA, right? right. It's the women's basketball. I think basketball. she is a girl, though. I think she's just very. I don't know. No, I, I, there's some conspiracies that maybe she's a I, dude. I, that I didn't mean to offend anybody by it, but I do. Well, I mean, I, that's what I'm going at. Is I'm trying to offend people like this bullshit of recognizing men as women and. They're gonna implant the first uterus, but still, in a like male. that shouldn't be trying to be offensive, or that's not trying. It's yeah, just, just speaking the truth. Well, it was fine. But it was fine ten years where... ago, but which this we've whole another rabbit hole. But this we've talked about before, um, the legalizing of gay marriage, and everybody's like, "What? What? What difference does it make if they want to get married? Let them get married." Um, like a libertarian idea, and everybody's like, "Okay, but if you do this." It's just gonna snowball downhill, and you're gonna see a bunch of bullshit. And everybody and said, "What oh, happened you're, in you're less being, than ten years?" Yeah, like in yeah. less than ten years, it was like, "Okay, Caitlyn Jenner is now the woman of the year with the big old massive dong," and like you have all these trannies that are big personalities now, and their only thing that they're a personality for is because they're a dude that got a chopadectomy. Dude, they are the they are the priests of this new secular religion. Drag shows are like church. Yeah, if you've seen some of the drag religion. shows... Did you see that law that passed in Tennessee? I guess mm-hmm. uh, limiting all that kind of stuff or right. banning all that type of shows. And this but, is why I can't really get behind all the all the people who are like... There's a lot of people on the right that really hate on Daily Wire and the people on Daily Wire because they view it as like, oh, they're just a big corporation. They're trying to make money off of people. But they're doing more to actually affect cultural change than anybody else is. Because they have this big platform. I'm not saying everything about them is great, but you can't argue that there's nobody that's done more 
to win actual victories than like Matt Walsh, especially, but the Daily Wire in Tennessee. Because since they moved to Nashville, that's why Tennessee has become kind of this breeding ground for actual legislative change. Like, hey, you can't get, you can't trans a kid in Tennessee anymore. Yeah. And you well, can't tell me that if the Daily Wire hadn't moved to Tennessee, like that would still be happening. It wouldn't. So what about the shows too? Like I, I've seen two or three of those where it's like a bunch of dudes in banana hammocks dancing around in drag in front of a bunch of little kids. And it's like, I, I feel like those people should be hung in the street. Yeah. I'm, like, I, those that's why I'm saying like, it's a religion. Like we've just replaced the old Christian religion with this new... That's, it's child abuse is yeah, what it is. New s- Can I give you guys a story right quick? Yeah. It just came up. So there's a Kayla Lemieux, a Canadian teacher with size Z, Z prosthetic breasts placed on paid leave in Canada. He's so going to he's gonna sue and win. Oh, it's a he? You've heard of this? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. He, is it the shop teacher? Yeah. And I haven't figured out, like, there's... A theory that maybe he is actually doing this all for to show everybody how ridiculous this is. I'm not sure if that's the case. He's probably just some or just Ill like dude. trying to get more attention too. Maybe. That was the other one because I, I I saw something where it was like we saw him on the street and he wasn't. That's like, the reason they put him on complete. leave is because he's not doing this outside of school. He's only doing it at school. Okay, so you've heard the story. This is ridiculous. If we, if we had everything hooked up, I'd put the picture up for the video part of this, but. That is ridiculous. Yeah, completely ridiculous. And, and that is obscene. You know, yeah. from, but, coming from an OSHA safety side, like is, <laughs> there's nothing safe way, about that. That is way out of safety standards. Like you're, that's that's. Okay, so at first I thought this was an actual woman. No, I I think that's a dude. It's a dude. It's a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, that now that I'm looking at his picture yeah, a little look bit at more. Five o'clock shadow. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like when your nipples are on your knees. You're just doing it for attention. To like, all of us, though, this makes sense. Like, when we see that, we're just like, okay, come on, this is ridiculous. But people have become so how programmed. D- how did that get so... Well, How did it get pushed on people to where that's like a nip... Like, you're not just looking at it and be like, this fucking person's crazy. So how, you uh, said the F word. I'm sorry. Sorry. War- warranted. 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 But... I mean, it's just... Sorry about the F word, but it's just gotten that crazy. Yeah, it... Well, and you even look at it from an aspect like they're looking for attention. So it all started from I'm just looking for attention. You, if you compare it to like, just think about a little kid that's spoiled rotten. Everything they do is for attention, and then ev- eventually it's just ingrained in their brain. Like, if I have problems, I just act out, and then I get that attention. Especially if you see like rich kids, and I've got one in mind where it's like this kid had everything that he could have ever wanted but he's out there peddling drugs and running drugs for attention. And then it, all of a sudden now he's just a giant piece of shit who's running drugs. And it all stemmed from him being spoiled rotten as a kid and not being made to mind. Yeah. So the same way the trannies like they're, they're going for attention and people are giving them that attention instead of calling it out for what it is, which is bullshit. And now we've got what we've got where there's so many tranny realities out like persons out there um, yeah, this, Dylan this started Mul- a Dylan, while back. Dylan like, this Mulvaney whole thing started a while back. At the back. White House. Like, why Why was he there? Like, what made it to where Dylan Mulvaney, this weird tranny person who's just a personality, why did they take him to the White House? What, like, 
what made him so special that he gets to go to the White House other than I'm going to put on makeup. Other examples, Buttigieg. Why is he there? Because he's yeah, gay. He, he's terrible that, at his job. That, that's did his, you see the other one about this? I think his name, gay, his name was Sam Britton. Did mm-hmm. you see that one? Yeah, that dude, one. I know a guy Which, that has got, a guy that, that has met booted. that dude. Yeah, he got booted, but it takes him stealing luggages. Luggage. Yeah, from I from airports. Met a guy who has met that dude in person. Really? Yeah, because he worked it like it's a guy that me and Ben have met. Runs in your circles. Who has like ran into this guy at these nuclear facilities because he's in construction uh-huh. and has had oh, yeah, several he was in interactions. charge of a nuclear waste disposal yeah. or something yeah. like that. He's had several interactions with this guy, and I asked him about it because, like, I found out that he had because he posted this thing on LinkedIn, like it was uh, some the, something about this tranny guy, and this dude I know posted just like a Bible verse under it in the comments and got like everybody was losing their mind about it but i was like dude that's that's awesome i mean just that he knew knew him or no like what's the awesome part just like he had trolled him he'd went yeah he's trolling him and he's been like head to head with this with the nuclear tranny a few times (laughs) nuclear tranny (laughs) and what was the assessment of the guy he said a piece of shit he said that because of that dude like the first thing that all of these like construction people had to like go through when they like they're going to a job and he's going to be there you had to have like this a whole meeting over what how you were supposed to address this person oh diversity training diversity training and you can't say this and you can't say that so instead of talking about like serious issues with whatever nuclear facility like instead of all the serious stuff it's like hey there's a dude in here that is in charge and he wears dresses, and he's absolutely mentally ill, but you can't say it. Right. Yeah, and that's... So diversity and this guy, training... this guy that I know, like, didn't really play along with it and got in trouble a couple of times. I think the guy even... I don't know. Like, I think he, like, threatened to sue him or something because he wouldn't, like, play along with the deal. Well, that's ingrained in everything now. Like, so the career tech program we always talk about in public school we're not supposed to be pushing ideas on kids like that's what they always sell but every meeting that i had for career tech none of it was about anything careers like everything was about making sure that kids felt comfortable and accepted and whether they were used their pronouns and all this bullshit and every meeting like okay if we're gonna have one let's have one but every meeting that I went to, it was all about that. And I was like, okay, when are we going to talk about trying to prepare kids for actual careers? Like, isn't that the point of this program? And no, that's no, we're not supposed to do that. Like, that's the sentiment that you get. And then you go into HR. Oh, shit. Like, that's all that they care about. And that's why HR gets such a bad rap anymore is because all its focus is on diversity management. Yeah. You're the only HR guy that I know that I like. Well, I mean, I think that's a fake job. I'd probably get I'd probably get canned at most places. Yeah, you probably <laughs> wouldn't last in most places. But I, I always like to point out the fact that I also pay everybody. So everybody that says uh, I think it's like a made up position, I'm like, all right, well, have fun not having a check next pay period. Okay, can we move on to something else a little yeah. bit? <laughs> Let's go to the geopolitics. What I was telling you about that Peter Zihan yeah, guy. Yeah, lay this out for me. Um. So. You know how everybody thinks right now that China, China, China is going to be the world power and that we're going to be speaking Chinese in I don't know how many years? He says it's completely wrong. He's saying that in 10 years, China will be gone. 
that they don't have because of their one well, child policy. Because of population collapse. Yeah. Yes. Like so people, that's what it's based they on. underestimated that they needed young people. They needed a younger generation of people coming in. And I guess once you start thinking about it, it is true. Because like he says here in the U.S. right now, part of the reason that we're struggling is because we're fixing to have all the baby boomers or the biggest majority of baby boomers retire. And that we don't have anybody to fill their spots. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why like social security is going to eventually collapse. Right. And that, that's what a lot of people don't believe. And I don't know how that got put into place in the first place. Was that FDR? Yeah. Or, maybe, or was that before? It was, it was the same minds. I think it was FDR. But it's, it's the idea of you can't manage your own money. You can't prepare for your future. So we're going to take that money and help prepare for you. And it's like, okay, you're going to take all my money and give me part of it back in the future and spread that around to the people that aren't working either. Yeah. And in the beginning um, they were like, Hey, we're not, we're not going to spend any of this money. It's just going to sit here. Right. But that didn't take long for the government to be like, we kind of need that money. So we're going to take that money. We're going to put an IOU in there instead. Right. Well, yeah. and so the other issue though, is with China, like, why do you think they're pushing so hard? Cause they're, they're getting progressively more and more bold. Why do you think Russia Russia is the same way? Like, yeah, they're they're collapsing on the inside, and if they don't push hard and start gaining some ground, they're going to be screwed, yeah. and they're going to we be, and we are too. So yeah, right. like what so he is was all saying, of Western part Europe, of man. like part of this invasion or whatever. It's uh, I think was it since twenty fourteen, Putin's done this like seven times already. Yeah, well, and, and we they, just never made this big a deal of it. But the main reason he's doing it's not so much that he just wanted to be an evil dictator. It's uh, he's trying to gather more ethnic Russians into Russia because Russia is in the same having yeah. China is their well, population collapse. It all boils down to like uh, land, land and useful actual land. I guess the major well, yeah. part of Russia right now it's unusable land. Yeah, well, and yeah. Ukraine, uh, Ukraine their, is all the farmland. Like the Ukraine is like the Midwest, the Midwest and the United States. Like they grow a lot of food. Yeah, so it, it's no different than Canada. Like. The northern parts of Canada are very, very thinly populated because of that land just not being arable. Yeah, you can't you can't live there and be productive there to cer- to a certain extent. Unless so, Russia's Russia's the same way. I mean, the northern part of Russia is going to be like uninhabitable because it's so cold all the time. You can't grow crops. Like you're going to have to be importing a lot of your resources because you don't. Th- there's no way to grow anything there. You're not going to raise cattle there. You. I mean, how are you going to create food if you don't have any stuff, anything to feed them or anywhere to grow crops or anything like that? So is the Peter Zahn guy, he's basically saying, like, what everybody thinks is going to happen isn't going to happen. There's going to be, like, some kind of new... Because I think there's going to be some kind of new cultural movement. Like, a new country is going to rise out of all of this. I think because everybody uh, else is collapsing. I don't, I don't, exactly. Like, he says Germany... Germany has uh, outsourced so much of their stuff, all of their energy, and they partnered with Russia a lot on getting like their natural gas, Nord Stream. Yeah, and they say once they if they cut out, cut off that pipeline, once Russia gets into a bad enough spot, they're gonna cut off that flow, and what's gonna happen to people in Germany? They're gonna freeze. Well, and not just Germany either. That that's a lot of. Well, they, yeah, there's a the lot European of European countries. Nordic, yeah, a lot of Nordic countries too. But he's saying, like, it was a whole push that they've got to get into Ukraine first. And then from there, it's a stepping stone to Poland and to these other countries. But it's all because, I guess, Russia's been invaded. I don't know how many times. uh, And it's all strategic 
positioning because of the usable land for resources. And also I heard another guy kind of the same vein was saying, if Russia takes this piece of Ukraine they want, they choke down the entry points to Russia. Yeah. Like you can't invade Russia easily if they control right, this that, area that whole ukraine. area is the part that's like coastal too right well ukraine's like this big open area that like you can pretty much freely travel through but in the north of that you have the baltic states and it's really cold and you have mountains and south of that you have uh mountains as well and everything's like choke point into well, like it's, not- you can't do a ground war into russia very easy except through that corridor I don't know the geography of the region very well, but Crimea is on the south side of it, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. the peninsula. Um, so if we have Crimea and then that that area in between Russia and Crimea, if we can choke all that down, then we have control of that whole sea that's on that side. And I, yeah. I don't know what the sea is, but yeah, if you have control of that whole area, all of the stuff coming through the sea is going to be shut down. It's going yeah, to have to... Yeah, you're closing your perimeter in. Yeah. And the guy I listened to said the reason they're doing this is because just like China, in a couple of generations, Russia is not going to have enough troops to sustain their strategic yeah. outpost. Yeah, so right, they right now they had to do it in. now or never because right. they weren't going to have the soldiers to be able to fight the war. They're all going to be in the their 60s. Thing with China too is like we're looking from an aspect of going, we're running out of our window. And we've got to start making which moves. should make us very nervous about like what, Taiwan. What because are they if China to do? is if China's sitting in the same spot, like, hey, we have to do something in the next twenty years or to, to increase according to Peter, it's by by in this decade, it's the last decade of China. Yeah. And so if they're saying like, how do we survive? Like if you're a country and you're like, Okay, if we don't do something, we're literally just going to slowly collapse and cease to exist. If you're right. in charge of that country, are you not going to say, "Well, we got to do something"? Right. Well, it's no different than but yeah. You put but it taking on the- Taiwan isn't going to save them. No, but uh, it's going to give them some more. Like it's leverage. an economic, it's an economic uh, prize, basically. Well, all of the computer chips and everything production, there's a shit ton of it in Taiwan. There is, but I guess none of the high quality ones are being made over there. I guess right now there's a big shift that there's actually been a big shift between manufacturing being brought back to Mexico. So I guess right now it's actually cheaper. It's three times cheaper to actually build things. You're getting better quality things out of Mexico and cheaper labor. Right now, Mexican labor is cheaper than Chinese labor. So a lot of those things are actually making a big shift. And that's why he's saying, and I guess a lot of the high quality chips for, I guess, cars and everything, the high quality stuff it's actually being made here but well, a lot of the mass be. production sh- stuff for phones i guess or for other types of things they are made over there but they're saying there's not there's nothing what he says he's like there's nothing over there that can't be made here and it might be a little bit more expensive and these things but like i said there's going to be a big shift he's pushing for a lot of things that are going to get moved to mexico is that development happening so do you over think this new years? this new country I think whenever you're saying it's going to grow when, out of Mexico. It's going to grow, it's going to get better. I think the US and Mexico and Canada, there's going to be a more of a unified uh future probably like for the next what he says 3 to 4 decades. Uh he's saying agricultural products are actually going to uh it's going to be a good season for all that stuff because all the export and transferring of all that stuff is actually going to get pushed. We're going to be a big exporter of a lot of things. And it's that treaty right there was in the NAFTA or 
the new NAFTA, whatever that is, yeah. uh, kind of shared that for the next couple of decades. The question is, like, if something is going to replace the superpowers that we know, like U.S., China, Russia, if something has to kind of replace the power vacuum, what is that going to be? I think that's where you see the the I think he's saying globalist like push. China China's going to be in bad shape uh Russia eventually they're going to have to succumb to something uh Germany he's not a good outlook for Germany What about us? Us? He says we're going to be okay here. You think? Cuz yeah. I don't know uh, about that. I think our it's ideologies just, uh, are really The thing pushing is us in a dark we don't spot. really we're an exporter of things here. We we do consume a lot of the things, but the thing is like you have to be able to create, but you also have to have a generation of consumers. You know what I mean? And that's uh, in China, that's what's hurt them a lot, that they don't have the consumption. The consumers, they can produce all they want. everything. Yeah, most of their food. They, they import a lot of their food. Yeah. Uh, well, they've got so many people. I mean, you have to house all those people, and if you only have so much land. So if you spend all your time housing people and uh, basically pouring concrete all over the usable land you're not gonna be able to produce food yeah but he was saying like just the way that the u.s and kind of north america is set up and the way that we've uh like russia they don't have a big road uh interstate system and like there's a bunch of that country that they have to the only way to move certain things is through rail because they've never been able to develop a roads out there like there's a lot of what's with the area the the permafrost area yeah kind of siberia and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff there's a lot of oil fields over there a lot of wells that halliburton and a bunch of these companies went in i think bp they went and drilled a lot of wells and i guess a lot of those have had to get shut in uh and what happens with those whenever there's no flow of all those i guess that happened probably about 30 40 years ago also they came in and fixed it and now they had to take all that stuff offline and because of the weather that those pipelines burst because when if there's not flow it's so cold that once it freezes up the water coming up also it expands causes pressure in the lines and they're rupturing and And i don't know a lot about the oil field but i do know if you shut in a well there's no guarantee that you're going to get the same production once you turn that well back on. Right. But he, what he's saying is, like, there's nobody to fix those now for, for Russia. So I forgot how many million, uh, but there's millions of barrels that got taken offline over this whole thing, over the war, that they're not coming back because right. there's nobody there. There's no Halliburton and all these companies. They're not going back in. Well, they to, can't. Yeah, they I mean, can't. It's way too dangerous. And they can't go back in there and fix all that stuff so that's it's probably not cost effective to do it so that's not gonna they're not gonna regain that and if they fail they're not gonna get anything of the what they're pushing for in ukraine well that sounds really good for us but is the u.s in a in a situation where he's saying like what's going to be really good for us economically but are we going to be able to survive through that with how the division divided we are because i don't know because the people who are in power i don't think we're divided as much as what everybody thinks we are i do yeah i I, don't i mean you look at like major views i've heard people talk about it and they're like well we're divided on like not important issues i think fox and cnn are divided i don't think as a people and as a population i don't think we're that divided 
well, if you go out know. and start touching on like pretty hot button issues, so like take abortion, we think it's murder. They yeah. think it's not. They think it's a human right. They think it's a sacrament. And we're getting. So I think I think there's more people that actually that are uncomfortable with it. They're just scared to say it. I think you're right, but it, how long does that go? Like, that's only a generation from, I'm not really going to talk about it because it makes me uncomfortable. What is your kid, if you even have kids, which a lot of people aren't, if you're not going to pass any of your beliefs onto your kid, what beliefs is your kid going to have? Develop, yeah. They're going to have this new, secular, all the ideas that kind of... They're going to think abortion is fine. To they're going to think it's a human right. My body, my choice. Yeah, even kids in kids argument. in kids in high school when I was teaching, like I noticed that there weren't a lot of like we're in Beaver County, super red area, and you don't have a lot of. You said this was a secret location. Yeah, but it's it's in Beaver. We're in Beaver, but it's secret within Beaver. In the county of the county of Beaver, we're definitely not in the town, Pennsylvania. Throw them off. <laughs> Anyways. I noticed that a lot of kids, like, there's not a lot of, like, left-wing Democrat kids, really. Like, a lot of their, which all kids have an underdeveloped idea of politics in the first place, but it all goes back to, like we were talking about, ideas. I've noticed, like, a lot of the kids have very libertarian ideas because they're not really conservative. Which is, which is normal. Most people, right. that was but, I was a lot more libertarian than what I was. Especially young people. But as you get... Whenever we're sitting there talking about Obama and green papers for everybody. Yeah. But as you get older, like, what I've noticed, because I was a libertarian when I was younger, a lot of people, like, age out of libertarianism. And there's only, like, two ways to go once you kind of age out of... Once you kind of decide, you know what, libertarianism doesn't really work because of this and this and that. There's really only one of two ways you can go. You're either going to become more conservative like we did, right? Or you're going to become more drawn into the left side of stuff. Progressive. Right. But that's why I was saying, like, if it, this stuff isn't getting taught at schools, it's very important for anybody who has children to, be, to start this stuff and having these conversations that I know my parents never had any of these conversations with me at the house. They never talked about starting a business. They never talked about... Uh, all this, whether abortion was right or wrong, whether all this trans stuff, that baby boomer generation, it was, things were so good with it for them about like getting taught, go to, go get you a career, stay with that company for 30 years. Uh, and that was their life. Yeah. Or more of a go to college or like a lot of like middle-class, go get get an education. Like me and Ben grew up on a ranch, but dad and mom are like, okay, you guys are going to go to college and you're going to, like all of our cousins became like engineers. And they're like, you guys need to go to college, get a career that's going to make you some money. And that's kind of what everybody was told of our generation. And what you see now is a lot of people did that, and they didn't come back to Beaver. And now they're all right. off living in the city. So you have all these old farmers and ranchers that are dying off, and there's nobody to take care of take them. care of that. What do they do? They come back, clean the house out, and stick them in a nursing home. Yeah, and they sell it. And they sell it out to... That's why, like, you don't have... There's fewer and fewer farmers and ranchers and then larger operations. operations. And that's not, like... 
the larger they, that's just going to keep getting worse. That that monopolizes things, and once you monopolize things, I mean, it's terrible for the consumer. So, but eventually we reach a flashpoint because eventually the one side is going to push too far, and even if even if like the conservative side is outnumbered twenty to one, if they finally say, you know what, guns are illegal, turn them in, and we're going to send the cops to get them, what's going to happen? Yeah, that's going to be war. And that's going to be capping off. But at that point, are we going to be so weakened that it's... Yeah, mean, but it doesn't... Like, at that point, it doesn't matter because there's still going to be enough people that fight that's really going to screw stuff up. Right, it's, it's going to go cause, third world. Yeah, it's going to cause some bad, bad problem. Like if, I mean, we had if third people world thought the from first just the riots. Civil War was bad, the second Civil War would be catastrophic, like... It would it would end the United end the States nation, yeah. as you know it. I don't think we're there. Everybody's been throwing around the Civil War well, thing and sick this all this. I don't think we're there yet. Like I said, I don't think we're as divided as. Uh, but like, I don't think we are either. On CNN is telling but I, everybody. I don't think that the trajectory we are, we're on leads to anywhere else. Well, that's why we got to start getting some of that correction that you're talking about. Right. Twenty years down the line and all that. It needs to start happening now. And like I said, more people like us, hey, yeah, we, we might not change the world, but if we can influence a couple people, reach out to a couple other, you know, people outside of our regular circle that we see, and they can go and starts getting extended a little bit more, and then it initiates more conversation. Hey, did you see what these guys were saying? Yeah, you guys bad shit crazy. Okay, whatever. They're talking about it, and they might elaborate some of those points and kind of start seeing, and then a couple years down the road, they're like, hey, maybe that wasn't that crazy maybe they had a child or you well, know and, and they changed their that. view on something i, I think, think you're, you're seeing, seeing that, that with covids um so i i think more people i think us as people as men we need to become better leaders start getting better ideas putting them out there talking about kids. them that's, that's very and have, divisive and raise more have kids and have kids exactly i think enough not enough people that are good leaders uh responsible are having an enough kids yeah and because the the whole thing is like you're not the one that's gonna actually fight this battle the kids you're having are the ones that are gonna have to fight this battle right and if you don't have any kids you're not gonna nobody's gonna fight it i think at minimum everybody needs at least three to to five kids oh i'd have a dozen if i could yeah i need three to five you need to get on it hey all i'm saying is when you said us as men that was divisive i don't care and that's Good. what that's what it's I mean right. when you say we're not divided. I'm looking at it from an aspect of going, dude. If you take one person out of the city, and we sit down and we go through every point that you can think of, where it's like, okay, do we agree on this? So we talk about abortion. We talk. What about gun rights? A lot of people are so terrified that they don't think that you should own semi-automatic firearms. Like they're like, you should. Joe Biden says all you need is a shotgun. Pump action, you can pump it. You don't even have to have it loaded. That's going to scare them away. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even on their radar. Like, it's not in their brain. They can't gay, even fathom it. Gay marriage and, and trannies well, people and LGBTQ. That, to, to that point there, people like that need to go spend a night in Juarez. They need to go spend a night in Chicago in the... Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is these people might live in a place kind of like that, but they're in a gated community away from a lot of that. And until that pours into their gated community, they don't wake up to it. I had a cousin that like not super 
gun oriented, and I think that like might be a little bit against it. They're getting guns when COVID kicked off because they're seeing all the riots everywhere. Yeah, he bought one from me. Right. Like that, that wasn't really never been that wasn't never really been in interested their, in yeah. guns, and then all of a sudden, but all of a sudden, he like, had a BLM oh, riot a couple blocks out away from his house, and all of a sudden, he's going, "You know what? You want to sell me an AR?" But yeah, I think really. mm-hmm. I think we are a lot but more divided. That than, is, I think that's the exception, not the rule. I think. See, even, I don't think that. Like, I don't like to use the word to divide. I think it's just you disagree on some things. Yeah, but how can you disagree on some of these things that are like morally incorrect? But, and, that's why I'm saying it's religious. And it's because people haven't been exposed probably to some of the things or some of the ideas and all that. Yeah, stuff. but you always hear that with, and they always talk about the far right, and it's like, well, they're just they're in their little circle and they, they've never seen world outside of their circle. But and those are like, just like, like whenever we start talking about all these ideas, I like talking about ideas and I don't like saying far right, far left because as soon well, as you, I mean, they're, as they're soon as you start do what they're, they're more like, so a right, a far right person is going to be more likely to be pro-life pro gun. Like there's a reason that they're, Personified See, as far the, the, right and far left. The way that I, why I don't like that, I want to get it back to American. I, yeah, but I, I wish we that, could do that instead too. of labeling so many. But I don't, but I don't think you're going to bring that progressivism but back far let enough me, to be one solid American. Let anymore. me ask it to you this way. I don't. I don't have to bring it all. I just need to bring more. That's yeah. Let me ask it to you this way though. Do you think someone could talk you out of your Catholic faith? No. Okay. I agree, and nobody's talking me out of mine either, but what I think is that there's a lot of people on the other side of this that even though they, they're not religious, quote-unquote, you still can't talk them out of their ideas because they hold those ideas in the same way that you hold your religious ideas. Okay, but like on all this stuff, whenever you start formulating the argument, you got to start, are they based on idea just a theory that you have, or is it based on experience? Whenever you're having an argument, I think it's both, to an extent. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you got to have a theory and an idea, but it has to be tested to be proven. To be proven, right? Like, uh, does your like that's where faith is, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because we hold ideas based in faith, without. Like, but yeah, ex- but once you start practicing that faith and you start, you start experiencing, then you start experiencing, and then you can. That's why it's talk so hard to explain more. faith to somebody right. that doesn't have any. It's like trying to explain colors to somebody who can't, who's colorblind. But okay. somebody would say, "You don't know that you're going to heaven," or or because, they would say, "Like because you, you don't have that experience, you yet. can't, or you can't see God in your life." And somebody who's faithful okay. is like, "Oh, I absolutely can." Like I, they're like, "How do you know God is real?" It's like. Every day, I see it. Every well, and you day. can say look okay. around you, but they don't. They don't believe that. But I can guarantee you that I sure as hell ain't if I start living a hedonistic lifestyle. You know what I right, mean? Right. Right. If exactly. I start indulging in every single pleasure that ever crossed my mind, right, I'd be dan- yeah. dancing with the devil. That's why I I really like. There's a quote in a book that I really like where these guys are sitting around a campfire and he's talking about God, and he says. Uh, you hear the voice of God, basically. And the guy, the kid that he's talking to says, I've never heard the voice of God. And the guy says, once that voice stops, you'll know that you've heard it all your life. And I think that's very, a brilliant way to put it. Like, you're hearing it all to the think time. About. Yeah, it's Blood Meridian, Cormac McCarthy. But, Say that again. 
He's talking to this kid who doesn't have any faith or right. doesn't think he has faith. He says, I've never heard the voice of God. And the other guy looks at him and says, once you stop hearing it, you'll know that you heard it all along. Yeah. And the implication is the guy that he's talking to once heard the voice of God and understood it, and now he doesn't anymore. And he's lost his soul. Mm -hmm. Very good book. You should read it. Yeah. We'll write it down later. But as far as, like, we talk about your Catholic faith, if we have these different ideas, how do you control... So we talk about teaching our kids, right? Mm -hmm. But your kid goes to public school, and his teacher convinces him that he's a girl and wants to transition. How do you handle that? Well, we start by, like I said, I've talked to Sam about, we got to be more influenced in the school system. Right, but how's that going for people? Because right now, if I say I'm against gay marriage, I don't think it's right, cancel. Well, I school, am demonized. School is not a place to be pushing any of that. I need you to teach them math. I need you to teach Ooh. them. Yeah, yeah but, but that doesn't not, work. Yeah. Because the idea that like, and you hear this from teachers all the time, like I don't talk about my beliefs at school. I only teach, I teach kids how to think. I don't teach kids what to think. And that is a complete misconception. It's not possible. Because everybody who teaches is teaching from the perspective of their worldview. So if you think you can teach somebody how to think without teaching them what to think, you're fooling yourself. Especially you, if they're young kids. You have to teach young kids what to think because they're young and they can't conceptualize critical thought. This is why I couldn't teach like junior high kids and below and even high school kids were hard. They don't have the capacity for critical thought yet. Like, mm -hmm. you, you can't sit down with a group of junior high kids and discuss critical thinking. Not really. You can't have a, like, discussion like we're having right now because they don't have that ingredient yet. They can't they're sit there and enough. analytically yeah. discuss things because they're, it's not, their brain's not there yet. So if you don't teach them what to think when they're young, all of a sudden... They get to like to the point where they they don't have any critical thought at all, even as adults, because they were never instilled with any ideas. And the problem is, you're always going to get think, instilled is that, with now. Ideas. Is that problem with the schools, or is it more of a home problem? Both that none of this stuff is happening, or that these conversations aren't being had with those kids at the house already. Oh, that definitely, and that's been going on. I think for like we were talking, yeah. that's been going on for a generation or two. Where yeah. like. Parents at home have not really been instilling in their kids what to think. And they've been outsourcing that to, to the, the public schools. schools. They've been outsourcing. They I even outsource it to the church, even Christians. Like how many Christian youth, fathers youth are actually, actually teaching God at home? See, that's my whole thing. Like with Ben, he's saying, what if, no, by that point, by that point, if that ever gets presented to one of my kids, all that needs to be already discussed at the house. Exactly. Right. That way he can, no, this teacher's batshit crazy. But how many yeah. parents out there go home, sit down with their kids on the couch, turn on the football game, and don't talk to their kid, and their kid sits there on that smartphone? Well, we need to push it to more, at least in our circle of... I agree. We need to get... Right. The only thing you can really influence is your family, your circle of, of people. Like, the, the biggest audience you can really actually probably have an influence on, I think, is county level. I don't think I don't I think, think we can really it, I think affect it can start growing from there that. though. 
because everybody, each person. That's the only you know, way. Right. It's the only way it'll work. There's an immediate circle of influence, and then now, provided by bigger platforms now, you can have a bigger outreach. Know what I mean? Yeah. That That's way, why I say it's generational. If you, if you can get to a different person outside of your circle, then they start a new circle. And it keeps expanding that way. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It has to it has to be built on that foundation of like ideas I said, though. We I don't wanna I need the school system to teach math, English, everything that they the all those kinds of things. I tell you but one thing we, one thing to fight the transgender stuff, when all the G- boomers and Gen Xers decided they didn't want to talk to their kids about sex and they outsourced that to the public schools and the internet. That was a problem. Yeah. Because right. you don't want the public schools teaching your kid about sex. Well, and that's where I'm saying, like, you're talking about, like, giving them more information and outweighing that influx of crazy bullshit ideas that you don't agree with. But if your kid goes out and goes to college and everybody around them... Mine aren't going to college. Right. And that's where I'm saying. That's, that's another divisive idea. Yeah, you, that one is so ingrained into people, even in our like community. People will frown. I it. fought that the whole time I was yeah, teaching. Like if I told a kid, maybe you shouldn't go to college, I had administration and everybody looking at me sideways and talk about pissing a parent off. And how do we... That one's a tough one. We can go for another hour on that whole thing. But what's the the net positive of a child going to college? Like whenever I was Today, going to go to college? I think yeah. it's... I think it's just completely slid downhill because all they're getting now is go to college, get a useless degree that's going to pay you 40, 50 grand a year. Yeah. Unless and, you're going into the medical field. And chances are your parents aren't going to pay for college. So you're going to wind up with, with some 60, 80,000, $100,000. And that's if you stuck to one major. If you decided two years down the road, I don't want to do that, switch yeah. my major and graduate in six years. But to college, eight years. and this was going on when I went to college, it's even worse now. It's just like the nuclear tranny. When your first day you go to college, the most important thing they're teaching at college is diversity. Is all the woke diversity stuff and math. That's why and I'm saying, I'll and say, history. kids don't go to college. It's all on the back <laughs> unless you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or some type of engineer. Just a doctor. Don't, we don't even need lawyers and engineers. <laughs> don't go to college. Right, but you're not going to convince other parents of that. No. Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to try. I, that's I'm where try. I'm with that's, you. We need to. That's where we need to start. So I've been I've been trying like I have talked to multiple people and people that like should be seeing these points and agree with me on a lot of these points are still even like yeah but you went to college how do you know that it hasn't positively influenced you in some way and you're just not seeing it I'm going because I look back at my college education and the entirety that I spent there in an like in a engineering tech degree like this should set me up for something great i didn't learn shit in college other than how to follow directions and i figured out that if i go to class and just check a b c do everything that they ask i'm gonna get a's and b's like it is so easy at this point it's not teaching you anything about critical thought about job experience they're not sending you out to work on an internship like that should be required if you're going to a college degree we're going to set you up with an internship with a business partner or somebody to where you can work in this industry and get you some experience in that field. Yeah. See, and I'd like yeah. I'd like to start a new program like even since high school, junior senior year, 
uh, start thinking about what you want to do. If you want to be like an electrician or something, going into the trades, right. carpentry, uh, find the nearest construction company here in town. Start shadowing those guys on the weekends. Start going or and like stay. If you're not playing your second sports, half of school, like yeah, your second your half, afternoon. Yeah, what is it? Your, you go to a what job. Do you call the and five you basic classes that we need English yeah. uh, that's why I math, really like science, the idea of home science school. all that stuff or whatever you get those out of the way that second after lunch hey go shadow these people but you look at college what do you go back over in college for like the first two years I don't know I your high go. school degree it's all remedial like all stuff, your general ed stuff it's all diversity training woke stuff and, and just going back through math classes. science really? history like they're they're reteaching I didn't you. go what? That's okay. You, didn't go. It, you didn't, you it didn't, didn't adversely affect you, did it? I think I'm doing well. Yeah. Right. You, you make more money than me and Ben do. Both of us went to college. The other guy that didn't go to college in our class, I work for that guy. Yeah. He's doing better than I'm doing, like, financially. Yeah. Right. And I look at it from an aspect. If I would have left... So I'm working in HR now. If I would have just left high school and got a job at a business in town... So, like, say... I know people at the Bank of Beaver. Dad banks there. We have some contacts there. If you guys I really don't know how to keep something a location secret, I didn't know we were <laughs> supposed to keep this secret. Regardless, so the local bank in town. If I would have gotten a job there, at a entry level job, and worked there for five years, and then moved out of small town, if that's what I wanted to do, move out of small town into a bigger town, bigger bank, bigger responsibility, bigger role. Now I'm building my portfolio, my resume, and I'm making myself competitive. And when I walk in with 10 years of experience against somebody that went to college for finance, who are they going to hire? They're going to hire the person that's been doing it for 10 years because that person actually knows what they're doing. And the person at the head of that bank knows that because they've hired kids out of college and they don't know dick. Yeah. Like more and more I'm hearing from business owners, like we hired this kid and they don't teach them anything in college. They don't teach them any actual experience. Like day one, when they're on job site or where they're, they're in the bank or whatever, I've got to go over the most medial shit with them because they don't know anything. And you have to pay them for it. Right. right. And they paid a college to teach them that, and the college taught them the LGBTQ+. Do you know that colleges that don't pay taxes? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason. Like... The colleges became a vehicle for the left. Like all since the sixties, all the hippies in the sixties played the long game. They all cut their hair and they got job as college professors. Meanwhile, everybody on the other side of that back in the sixties, like all the hard hat wearing guys that were anti hippie, they did not go into academia. They have been working this whole time. And developing all the, a career. And developing a career. And then all their kids were educated by all those hippies that they hated so right. much. And I know you don't like to play sides, but if you look at the statistics, statistically, educators and education is inherently left. And private business and construction or name the industry is inherently right. Most often. Once you start climbing into the big corporations... They're playing the the woke game because they know they're trying to reach the consumers that are majority left at this point. Like if I'm selling Coke in Oklahoma City or Denver or name a city, like I'm going to bring more people in saying that we're pro-LGBTQ 
than I am saying we're against gay marriage. Yeah, that's why all the companies put the rainbow up when it's Gay History Month or whatever, because they know that that is that's a marketing well, ploy for them. Gay History Month. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, and I mean, it, it comes down to the fact, like, so I'm still going to buy Pepsi because I like Pepsi. If the left gets pissed off because Pepsi said they're against gay marriage, they're not going to buy Pepsi anymore. Good. So, right, you say good, but then Pepsi suffers. So they're going to appeal to the ones that it affects their business because they know that the ones that are pro-capitalism are still going to buy a good product because it's a good product. Yeah. Right. And that's why you see so all these credit card companies going far there's, left. There's like credit card companies that are now saying we won't let you use this credit card to buy guns, or if you do buy guns, we're going to track that purchase. That's how, the, that's how they're backdooring into the, into the cultural stuff. Well, then you quit supporting those businesses. I agree. Yeah, like that's, Disney? How we get, that's how we get people but on board. But that's why they're pushing towards that. this. That's why they're pushing towards getting rid of like hard currency and going digital because once they have control of all the currency and they know every dime that you use... That, uh... That's something else FDR did back in the 30s. Bitcoin and all that? Made gold illegal. You know what? You guys can't have gold. The government did that at one point. They said, you know what? It's now illegal to have gold. Turn all your gold into the government. And you don't even learn that in in school. Like We were never taught that in school, that one day the government said, hey, you can't have gold anymore. So you're not supposed to teach them how to think. And that's what they look at. They're going, you're instilling right ideals in them because you're teaching them the bad things that... A Democrat president did, or right? FDR. Yeah, and if you just approach somebody like just a rational person, like, hey, do you think it would be okay if the government came out tomorrow and said, hey, give me all of your hard assets because I say so? They'd be like, bullshit, that ain't American. This is America. Everybody back in the '30s was just like, okay, here's all my gold. Yeah. So this is not, it's not a new thing. Like the problems that we have started a long time ago. Well, I mean, they've always been going on. Like, this is why I'm saying like nothing, you can't stop all this stuff. Like the, biblically, everything is the tower of battle. One at a time. We'll start with sifting through it and we're going to start fixing one <laughs> at a time. We got to steer this ship. You got to remember though, like away from the iceberg. So <laughs> we got to shift. So we're not. You need to start thinking of it as building an ark to survive the flood. So Yeah. We're not steering the ship anymore. We are putting out fires. And okay. as we go to put out this fire, the we're one's at an kicking hour and up. A half. That's um, we're just getting started. I'm thinking we go for two, what? Uh, Unless you got stuff to do. Yeah, I gotta go work on a rent house. Well, what do we want to end with? Let's end on like a We'll uh, let you because this is your version. It's the capo. This is the capo. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we need to end like if we're Let's talk about building the ark. Talk about our our little our friend group. Our tell us group. how we're gonna steer this away from the flood. Or you can't steer away from the flood. You gotta build the ship. Okay, tell us how we're building the ship. We gotta build I'm the ark. Get hot coffee because this iced go, coffee go isn't some. working. We need to focus on our families. I I'm with I. I think that people need to have some kids. You need to start taking responsibility for your own family. Your own network so of people. So far, it's Ben's fault. A lot of this is Ben's fault. He hasn't had kids yet. He's going to get there. I, I believe in him. Well, but, I think you're right with like a local level of, yeah, you need to get on your school boards. Yeah, you need to get in place. Like if, if I look at our local leadership, I'm looking at it from an aspect of going, I don't agree with a lot of these people. Right 
Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where we're too busy working and trying to develop our careers to provide for our families, and we don't have time to. We don't look at it as we have time to be on the school board or stuff like that. And it's all the same. I starting deni- to become- I denied a seat on the board for city board this year because the same reason somebody reached out to me and like, hey, I think you'd be good at this. You got right. good input and all these things, and. Like you said, I'm running a business right now, and I know I can't make it to all yeah. the meetings to be able to. And I'm starting start putting to see in that influence where they're like, "Okay, I know I don't have time for this. I don't have time for anything. But if we don't start stepping up and taking some sort of a ownership in this, and starting to, I don't have time to be on the school board, but I'm going to get on the school board so that I can start trying to positively affect this. Yeah, because nobody even, else is doing it. And the even people if that we've I'm going to, even if we're going to homeschool, the school board's still your problem. That's still your tax dollars are still going to the school board, right. school board and See, that's and that's why I community. think like whenever we have these like local elections now, it'd be good to have a little platform here to be able to that way it's not just a popularity contest. Right. Affects right. change to start having these people Nit sit down people and then posting it out to Facebook because yeah. everybody's gonna yeah, see we'll okay on who we what like about this what idea? Hey, what kind of issues are we having now or whatever? Yeah. We need to think about what's important. And what's important in your county, in your town, is your school board. That's an important those positions are very important. Your city yeah. board. The city board is important. The mayor is important. The sheriff is the most important position in the county. Well, so and the, the DA. Like and here, the DA. Here's an example that was given to me the other day. I guess a couple years back, the city spent like $40,000 on a snowblade. Hmm? $40,000 for a snowblade right. in Beaver, Oklahoma. not working? I guess they didn't have one. Supposedly, they just, they just wanted a... Big badass snowblade to push snow in Beaver, Oklahoma. You don't need one, right? They're so forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's just like a school. If you give a school money, they blow it. They're gonna blow it on something because they know, like, if we don't spend all this money, they are gonna think we don't need all this money, mm-hmm. right? And that's the problem with anything government run. It's it's all once those people get in there, it's like oh. We need to spend this money. We need to. We need well, to buy this. We need to buy that. They don't think about it from an aspect of budgeting, like they. Like I said, these are the people that aren't running businesses. These are the people that have went to college and have just lived off the tit. Like they aren't thinking about it from an aspect of I have X amount of dollars to spend to this budget, X amount of dollars to spend to this budget. I'm out of money, so I can't afford that snowblade. Like, or that money could be better spent on something other than that snowblade. Like, they're not looking or, at it from a God priority. Forbid, we don't actually need this much money to to operate. But since the taxpayers are giving it to us, we're going to keep it. It's not like right. we're going to cut back and actually give people in the community some of their money back. No, no, no. We can't do that. We want that money. And that's the mindset of everybody no different in than- government. And anybody that works for the government is in the government, public schools, their mindset is they do they don't give a damn about the people who are paying all the taxes and paying into the thing. They're viewing that money as their money. Yeah, if we not need more the money of, it, of the we'll community. raise taxes. Exactly. Even in money, even in we'll small little red counties like ours, the people who are in charge of that money, they don't care about oh or all this happens, tax money could be better spent in the actual people's pockets. Or what happens when a school board tries to push through this uh shit what are they called um like a 20 million dollar bond for the county to build a new basketball gym it's like first of all our basketball gym is fine secondly needs some better lights well i mean does it did it it work for you 
Yeah, it worked, but it's still, come on, we're in 2022, 23. See, but could we spend it that takes money? 10 minutes. Do we have the money to spend, first of all? Well, yeah, that's the other thing. If, and, if there's and money, if we vote it can on be this, allocated to... If we vote on this, and I'm like, I don't think we should be raising everybody's taxes to pay for a new basketball gym for When none of these school. kids can read. Right. That, yeah. Yeah, or, and that's that's our first hurdle in all our small community and all little communities is everybody cares way too much about sports. We we've said that before. On we the don't podcast. need the no. the big house, the Thunderdome, whatever. We don't need that at a small school with seventy kids in the high school. Like when the average ACT score is like a thirteen, 14. and that yeah. goes back to the city not letting truckers park their trucks at the house. That's right. <laughs> I've got an issue against that but, thing. Like, I've already put that. Whenever we're struggling to bring people right now, and there's people, an owner-operator that owns one truck that wants to come, he's bringing a... This year was good. It was over $150,000 salary to Beaver with his family, and he's going to spend his money in town, and you're going to be on his ass about parking his truck in his driveway. Meanwhile, right. meanwhile half, you're the, bringing in half the houses money. in town are just like little meth dens. Yeah. But you're bringing you know in I mean? that money. Do what? Meanwhile, like half the houses in town are just little oh, meth yeah. bins. Yeah, drive around in town. Yeah. There's Shittles. a lot of... Shitholes. Yeah. But like I said, like with, with this bond, you're bringing all this money and you're paying based on how much you make into that where the guy that wants it ain't paying shit. That causes a problem. Like if you're going to tax me more so that you can have something... Now we're moving into that mob rule democracy bullshit yeah. where if I own a lot of property and I'm going, I'm going to homeschool my kids because I don't want them indoctrinated at that school, I'm still paying for your brand new freaking gym. Yeah, yeah. and all the farmers and ranchers who own a bunch they're of property, gonna be one front. they're the ones that are paying for all this it's, all this it's school happened, stuff. It's happened in Kansas, my father-in-law, where he lives. So how does that one. work? Like based on how much land or how much? It's, yeah. it's, in, it's in your property taxes. So if I own, say, I pay a shit ton then. Yeah, because most houses here in town, you ask anybody, they're they're paying. My property taxes are almost sixteen hundred at that house that yeah. I live at. And if <laughs> right? you're, yeah. yeah, and if you're Try a small twenty-seven, yeah, you got a lot more land. Right, that's the but thing. That's what but yeah, I, get, I get it. Like, but in, for in if town, if you're a little small ranching operation, you have like three sections of ground. You're paying a whole bunch of taxes. Meanwhile, the I'm the dentist that lives in town who lives in a apartment. Is paying almost nothing, like but he's making 150 k a year, and that rancher is making like 35 Breaking at the end even. of the day. That's <laughs> well, a problem. It's, so that's where I'm saying, like, that's what my father-in-law ran into. He owns a lot of land, and all the people that are voting yes live in little single-wides in town and are paying like 50 bucks property tax, and he's getting shafted on it because he's fronting the bill because he's got... A lot of land. Yeah, and we used to understand Sounds this. Like that's that's a, why way back in the day, they said, you know what? The people who get to vote are people who own land. Well, like, there's a reason. To... They didn't just do that because they were old racist dudes that didn't like minorities and women. It's like the people who well, have all the land are I the ones paying all the money. This argument just went down in Laverne, I think, like a year ago. Right. I, they were trying to get a bunch of money to build something, and a lot of people in town or a lot of the farmers and ranchers are against it. We need to... Put this down as a topic and elaborate on it a little bit more yeah. on how that whole thing break it down on how it works. Because I start think, doing this every week. So I think that democracy. we can try Saturdays if I'm if I'm around. Saturday mornings. Yeah. I like Saturday mornings. Yeah. 
But I, I do think that's something to go into because my view on it, it's like Sam great. steers home. Okay, I'm ben, taking this home. Ben finish it, and then Sam gonna, steers home. I'm going to steer us home. You need to pay attention to who your people are on the school boards, city councils, sheriff. Sheriff is very important, and you need to start leading your family at home. Have you guys? Uh, Whether it's education, religion, like if you're a Christian person and you're not having any sort of devotions with your own family at home. You need to start doing that because you got to stop outsourcing what your kids think to other people. Is that is that going to take us home? That was a there it is. Okay, <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time on the Capo Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. That's it. That's it. Okay. have to let the song play out.